It's a good show. Hey, hey, everybody. You're listening to NBC. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the Never Saving Be Changing. The World. Saving the World. Uh, I'm Jeremy. I'm Lucas. And uh, as usual, we have a barn burner. Oh, man. We all burned the barns, a barn. All the, we burnt a barn to the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we didn't. Uh, this is California, and we take fires very seriously here. But we do have a great no, barn burner of a guest. It was a controlled burn. It was a controlled burn barn. Right. Um, it's Kia Vakil, mm-hmm. and he worked on the famous, famous Beto O'Rourke campaign as a field organizer. He spent three and a half months in Texas, and he's here to talk to us about his experiences down there working on the campaign. About what it's like to give up your life and and go live in a different state because you believe in something. Yeah, he talks about the uh, conceptions and misconceptions about Texas, uh, his personal experience down there. We talk Why? about Beto running for president. Yeah, 2020 Possibly. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about whether or not it's a, it's a good idea to wear a sombrero or drive a bus. Mm, mm. We did. This mm. is a great episode. Um, and uh, uh, I think everyone needs to listen, but not only listen, rate, rate review, review, subscribe, because uh, we love you and we tell you how much we love you. That's the way you could tell us how much you love us. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Or you could in. just say I love you somewhere but you could yeah, also com- rate com- review and subscribe yeah comment say i love you but mainly rate review subscribe all right let's get uh let's get high, let's get high and- smoke some weed saving the world with barry rothbart and lucas neff <laughs> also not it closer that's almost it nope nope still not it no <laughs> oh that, that was really close. close wait are we recording this yeah I'm gonna insist that we not use that was this it. <laughs> I think I got it wait is that the NBC one I'm gonna. No. Real close. Nah, I think it's just three notes. Um... <laughs> so, as you can tell, this is the first time we've had a guest in studio in a while. Yeah. Hey, welcome, Kia. Uh, Thank you. Tell us about yourself. Oh, wow. I know. I What's read your... this thing about Terry Gross, and she said that was the best thing to ask people to start a conversation. What was the thing you read? It was a biography? No, it was, a, it was an article. About Terry Gross and the art of interviewing. Yeah. And she said the three word, the only three words you need to, I guess it's four. Yeah. The only four words you need to know are tell me about yourself. Really? Yeah. That's what she said. This so I want to try note. it out. We'll let you talk in a second, but I, I want to try it out. I heard this. Do you know that her, her name Terry Gross is short for Terry Disgusting? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. We're done. Tell us okay, about we're yourself. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Kia. I'm 27. I'm originally from Philadelphia. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. The East Coast. Um, been living in LA for about five and a half years now. Uh, spent some time working in the entertainment industry uh, as an assistant, as yeah. one does. Yeah. And then this past summer, went down and worked on the Beto O'Rourke campaign in Texas. Yeah. How long were you there for? I was there for about three and a half months. 
Wow. Yeah. So well, it wasn't you. You weren't going to permanently leave L.A. You just were like, I'm. I'm deciding to take a break and and get out of town. Yeah. So it was at, when I made the decision. It was more of a. I wanted to get involved in a campaign this year, and uh, the better one is the one I was really interested in. Why? Why? And, what separated it? Uh, the better one for you? Like, yeah. So for me, it was I wanted to work for someone who I thought had a like platform and a message that I thought could grow and sort of have impact, mm-hmm. and his of not taking corporate dollars and sort of yes. going to every county in Texas um, was one that like carried some weight for me. Um, a lot of people have compared him to Bobby Kennedy and like his approach when he was running, when he was running before yeah. he was assassinated. Um, and so that, and it, it's real because he actually went and talked to everyone, Republicans, Democrats. Is that intentional? Do, do, do you think like that part of that is a desire, you know, somebody says, Hey, you remind me of Bobby Kennedy. And then it becomes like a conscious tactic to be like, I'm going to emulate I don't this guy or think is it so. totally I th- incidental. I think it's incidental. I think a lot of the like obviously there's a lot of media hype. There was a lot of media hype around Beto and a lot of it was it's really exciting. Um I think a lot of that sort of it built on itself. So I think once one person made the Kennedy comparison, it kept growing. Mm-hmm. Um you, what was it do you think that made Beto, Beto stand out so much in the election? I mean, he was running against Ted Cruz, which is, you know, he's one of the most I think your hair is incredible people. right now. Can I just say that? Yeah. You look like a wild, like a mad scientist just, from like a 90s clear, that's film. Lucas talking to Barry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And what, were you in a wind tunnel on the way here? Um, no, I, I skipped the wind tunnel today. I just went, I just went straight to, uh, to just my car. Oh, okay. No wind tunnel? No wind tunnel. All right. So it's just, so uh, this is a compliment that I've been. No, in no. Tunnel? You just, you look like a mad scientist. Oh, I was just wondering if amazing. something had happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is. Uh, I am amazed. Thank you. I was saying Your hair is looking incredible too. Yeah. It's short. Yeah. It's hard. It's, uh, it makes a very brief statement on the top of my head. <laughs> he, um, I was saying earlier, he looks like a guy in a Guy Ritchie movie who would beat up a waiter for taking too long. You didn't say all that. You said a Guy Ritchie goon. <laughs> I appreciate the extra details. They add a little spice to it. Um, but yeah, anyway. so why Beto? Yeah, what do you think stood, what, what made Beto? Beto? What's a Beto what, what's thing? A, what's you know, going what's on with Beto? Yeah, so what's yeah. I think there's a couple things. Um, one of which is, yeah, the climate you talked about where everyone's pretty energized, uh, on the left at least, and Ted Cruz being unlikable helped a lot. And I think mm. most of it, though, was Beto. I'd say barely human. That is, yeah, I think yeah. that probably falls into. Or in a terrifying way, is he the most human? There was a quote he gave, and there was like some piece about him. <laughs> we just never addressed that. In a profile <laughs> once where he talked about how he used to have fun by mimicking like Luke Skywalker or uh, Darth Vader in Star Wars. And like, it's the most robotic sounding quote that someone could ever give to describe how they have fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Kansas soup, everything about him is off-putting. Yeah. Um, so I think having someone like that to contrast with helped. But honestly, I think it was more just his approach to campaigning, which was pretty much just live streaming everything, going to every county, driving across a huge state, mm-hmm. um, and sort of just talking to everybody. It sounds so... Uh, simple, yeah. Yeah, simple. And it's kind of a cliche at this point because it was talked about so much in the media. But I think that's what started making it such a big thing. And then I think it just kept growing once people started hearing about him more, people got involved, media outlets covered him, and it just sort of became, he kind of became like a, he literally was a punk rocker at one point, and I think he just it like became kind of like a rock star politician. He thing. literally was? Yeah, in like the 90s, he was in a punk band. Really? So I think, wow. and I think the fact that he was kind of like a normal dude who happened to work in politics was something that really helped him too. Um, and he just felt authentic, and I think that has real value in this day and age. Can right. I ask you, uh, what, when you got involved in the campaign, was he already sort of a national sensation, or were you there? Did you witness that transformation? So he was, I would say, 
well-known in political circles, but probably not like broadly. Um, so I came on the beginning of August. Um, and the, I think the thing that really launched him was that viral clip of him talking about football players kneeling, NFL yes. players. And that I was about, that, that yeah, was yeah. late August. So that's when he went from like, Sort of well so known. You were there before like, that. I was there before that. It's like um, finding the band before they're on. They're before they're yeah, on I was TV. Just curious. I that's a cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool, was, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was there before that, and there was definitely like an uptick and in, in interest, and like people who would text me about it or had heard of him after that. But he was like reasonably well known, but not. I would say if you pulled like a hundred people in the country at random, it'd be like a couple would have known who he was. Right. And now it's probably closer to like. 20 to 25. Yeah. So maybe walk us through like, uh, I, I myself have been. Before we do I've, that, I've always... though, before can I leap in? I just would say I've found a copy of a single from Beto O'Rourke's punk band that I can play for us right now if you'd like to hear Beto O'Rourke's punk band. That was my next question. Was it? So, yeah. All right. Oh, great. Well, you know, we're just, uh, so... we're just synced up today. Let me see. All right. <clears throat> hmm. It's uh, Beto O'Rourke. I'm pressing the. Beto I'm pressing. I'm, I'm pressing uh, the thing here. It seems to be mm. slow, lo- loading slowly. This is good. This was a good interruption. No, no, no. Hey, listen. I'm just learning from the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? Quality. Uh, I'm just trying to live up to your to your level of interruption here. Okay, it's called Rise. Five minutes and thirty six seconds long. Well, let's let's continue. Let me, let me and, work on my NBC. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's continue with your question while while this loads. I don't know why that this was is it. taking so long. That that, that was just it. sounded right. Yeah, actually, I think that was almost it, wasn't it? Oh. Now here's ABC. A B C. They say CBS. it right. They say it every time they do. CBS. Oh. Okay. okay. What was your question, Barry? U P N. UPS. Does UPS have one? Uh. I, I wanted. We'll get back to Lucas's um, song in a second, but mm-hmm. I'm joining the I've, Wi-Fi. I right myself, now. I've 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 been curious how you get involved with politics yeah. and how you could do it in a real way. Because it, I, I mean, you were hired for a job, or did you start as a volunteer? No, I was hired as a field organizer, and you had no experience before that. Got it. This is Beto O'Rourke's punk band from the wow. 90s, Single Rise. Wow. It was recorded with an answering machine from 1994. This could be the future president of America right Is that here. his sweet bass, bass riff? Uh, let me see. A digital version. It's lo-fi slacker rock that, uh, according to Beto O'Rourke, or in the Rolling Stones. He's playing every instrument. Isn't that insane? He's doing this all with his mouth. Mm. Beto O'Rourke is doing every single thing with his mouth. We have the rights to this? I don't know. I don't think Beto's going to... This is open source. Yeah. It was on Rolling... I I think it it was provided by the candidate. I can't... I don't know how to skip ahead to the vocals. But I imagine they'll kick in, hopefully... I can listen to music at any point, so. Pretty good. It's not bad. I don't think honestly. it's bad at yeah, all. I kind of dig it. All right. uh, I, yeah, I have no means of fast Well, what's the name it. of the song? So it's called, if, our, if, you, if you'd like to hear the vocals to this, the, the Beto O'Rourke's punk band single, Rise. The single's called Rise. Mm. 
Uh, and you can find, just Google, Google Beto O'Rourke punk band and you'll find it pretty quickly. But uh, I think this was, I'm happy we did that. Yeah. We didn't get there, <laughs> but I'm happy lost. we did that. Crazy lost to Cruz. Um, <laughs> it's Ted Crazy. Um, <laughs> it's Cruzy. Ted Cruzy? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you were saying. Yeah, so of, I yes. had volunteered on uh, like races in California. I had okay. never volunteered on the Beto race, but uh, I applied to be a field organizer with the campaign and was fortunate enough to be hired on and then moved down to Houston at the beginning of August. Oh, you were a field organizer. Yeah, so I started as a field organizer, um, which is basically the most entry-level common job there is on a political campaign, which is someone who... So you just applied cold. Yeah, I applied cold. I saw an ad on my Facebook feed, I think. Um, I had known who Beto was for like about eight or nine months. Mm. Um, as a political junkie, I'd sort of followed his his rise quick uh, closely. Yeah. And as I sort of decided I wanted to work on a race this year, um, I'd sort of been toying with it. And then I saw the ad and was like, sure, why not? Uh, applied, got an email the next day and was fortunate enough to be hired. So, and so a field like, organizer do does what exactly again? Yeah, so it's, I can only speak to my experience, but in mm -hmm. general, a field organizer and on the Beto campaign, the role was you're essentially contacting voters is a big part of it. So you're knocking on voters' doors, canvassing, um, and making phone calls to a lot of voters. Um, so you do that, you know, on a typical day, you might knock on 100 doors, which could take about four hours. Right. Um, and then spend a couple hours phone banking, calling voters across the state of Texas, and then the other big part of the job was recruiting and training volunteers. Mm -hmm. um, so we had a pretty grassroots approach to, which was um, sort of took a lot of inspiration from the Bernie campaign mm. in 2016 um, of really just like getting people involved. And yeah. the best way to do that was to sort of give them the resources they needed, like train them, um, recruit them, train them, and then sort of give them the power to then do their work, do that work on their own using yeah. our resources. Because um, we eventually got them to a point where they were able to go and volunteer and knock doors without us having to be there. So it was like building this grassroots army that was... Were you mostly in one area of Texas? So I was based in Houston the entire time. Houston. Um, and yeah, had an amazing experience there. I'd never been there before. So yeah. um, Houston, Harris County is the biggest county in Texas. So we yeah. had our biggest team there. Um, and so yeah, we were all around the city of Houston, um, knocking doors, recruiting volunteers. Yeah. As a political junkie, I, I'm starting to... I guess everyone's sort of becoming one as this, yeah. as things get crazier because, but it does become sports at some point. And I feel like, do you have like a line where you're like, I'm focused too much on this? Yeah. Uh, I think that happens for me when I've spent like two hours straight on Twitter and yeah. just like Twitter falling down that. that crazy rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty good about not watching cable news mostly because I don't have cable. Yeah. Um, so I avoid that. You know, I, I was like, at some point fire. I was just refreshing 538. Yeah. Um, I think every minute. Oh, yeah. On election nights, minus this one because I was working it. But yeah. I like constantly just refresh that. Um, yeah. I think just w I need to avoid Twitter. Is the yeah. Thing. yeah. And then otherwise yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. generally okay. So. Um, it, when you're on the ground, uh, you know, the as you worked the campaign, was there anything that you were like, oh, this is part of of. Of and it, this is the ineffective old school politics, or there's like, or this is, too, or this is, uh, were there aspects of it that you're like, looking back, these are things I would change, or were you like, this was actually how things should be done? Yeah, I mean, so I have a disclaimer that I have no previous campaign experience, so sure. I don't. But from what I had heard, we read it. We read. Your I think disclaimer. probably <laughs> most of the people listening also have no campaign yeah. experience, so I think they can yeah. probably relate. 
Definitely. So we had a pretty I've been on a champagne campaign. <laughs> the best kind. Um, so we've had a pretty novel approach in that, you know, Beto didn't have like pollsters or like high powered, expensive consultants. It was really focused on, you know, him, the candidate going to every town and then also really the like digital ads and the field team, which is I was a part of. So we had a really big field team. By the end, it was, I think, in the, like some, over 300 people, 400 people. Yeah. I don't know the exact number. It was huge. Um, and so we really focused on voter, like face-to-face voter engagement, um, which obviously all campaigns do to some point. But a lot of, most campaigns tend to prioritize just TV ads and a, like a small field team just to say they've done it. But ours was really focused on that. Um, you know, we really wanted to go talk to a lot of the voters that we thought wouldn't vote unless we talked to them. Um, so it was really just about voter activation. And I think that's not necessarily a new approach, but an approach that isn't used that often. Um, a lot it's of people, more arduous. Yeah, it's more arduous. Which is it's, crazy that it's not used. It is. I mean, I think it all campaigns like... have field teams are usually just really small. Yeah. So in a state like Texas, having I mean, he a small, had a lot of money coming in. He had a lot of money, which obviously helps. Yeah. Um, raising tens of millions of dollars is not a luxury that every campaign has. Right. Um, but I mean, he raised it for a reason. He was a really inspiring candidate and everyone on the campaign believed in him too. There right. wasn't like a time where we were all like, you know, down or out or anything. He was a super motivating guy, super nice. Anyone who met him like, raved did about him. Did you meet him? I did. I was fortunate Whoa. enough to meet him in a couple weeks into my job. So What did he say to you? Just thanked me for my work. It wasn't. Oh, that's yeah, cool. it was at an event that I staffed. So it was a while. It was like a Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. in like kind of a Republican area, and there were 2,000 people there. So Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, Republican areas, because you were out there talking to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. What, what was the typical vibe like when you were out there talking to people? Did, yeah. it, did it vary widely or was there it sort could. of... It could. So we tried to focus on just turning out our base, to be honest. Um, we didn't, you know, we let Beto sort you of... We weren't trying to change minds. No. Like, I, I mean, if there were minds to change, we would try. But for the most part, people are in this polarized climate pretty tucked into their corners. Um so we really focused on turnout um, and sort of mobilizing our base. And also, you know, if there were undecided voters talking to them, too. Um, not like a radical concept by any means. But so like if we came across people who were like very adamant about not wanting to vote for him, like we didn't really want to waste their time or our time too much. So, yeah, we really focused on. But that doesn't mean we didn't get, you know, we did get pulled into conversations with people who are crew supporters or undecideds or people who did like Beto, but, you know, might have had certain reservations. Um I think the thing that was most common was getting someone who was a pro-life voter. And that was like, there was a lot of that where people who just wouldn't, who really liked him otherwise, but wouldn't vote for him because they were pro-life. I canvassed mm-hmm. for Katie Hill. Shout yeah. out. I volunteered on, for her she before was on I the pod. went out there. So. Uh, we mm-hmm. gave her the bump. She won. And um, <laughs> we, I, I noticed that it was actually um, Republicans who were, who were voting for Steve Knight were one of two things. They were either like, uh, look, I'm not going to, I don't want to waste your time. I was voting for Steve Knight or like really had to let it be known that yep. they're, they're Republican, which I could, I could see. I mean, if like a, if a, if a Republican came to my door and was like, Hey, yep. I want you to vote for Steve Knight. I would be like, no, I'm, yep. I'm not doing that. But I, but I, I, do, I did notice that it, that it was never really as combative as I was afraid of. No. Like and it's never, it, it's never like people, you go to people's door and they're just like, Get the fuck out of here! They were like that for me in New Orleans when we went. And were they? They were like, yeah, I got guys who screamed in my face, finger mm. pointing, get the fuck off my porch. What? Oh yeah, people slamming doors in my faces. Oh, I got people who were angry that people kept coming to their doors. No, I got people who were angry that I was coming out oh, as, wow. a me- as a as as like a representative of the Democratic campaign. Right. Um, 
with old Schlumpy Dumpy. That was scary. We were, I was scared. <laughs> we were like late at night going to people's houses. It was, houses. Dark, it was like yeah. scary. Um, I, I was kind of curious about, because, uh, you know, speaking of this sort of polarized situation we are, there's always this sort of like, uh, I think this sort of like Republican talking point of like the out of towners. Yeah. Or the, I mean, they're not really, you know, mm-hmm. these people from California come in trying to swing the election. Did you, did you feel any of that when you were there? No. And that's what honestly surprised me. Um, as someone who, again, lived in Los Angeles before the race, um, I came in not knowing what to expect. I didn't really have an assumption that I'd be, you know, treated poorly or anything, but I just mm-hmm. didn't know. I'd never been to Houston. I'd, I'd been to Texas before, but, um, and I did not really face any of that, to be honest. The staff oh, okay. was super welcoming. Volunteers and voters were super welcoming. Um, mm. Whenever I was asked about it a handful of times, like where I was from, and I always answered honestly. Yeah. And my justification was it's a federal race. It affects my life. The yeah. Senate affects me. So they all do. Ted they Cruz affects do. my life. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, you can't. It's honestly instead of these like local judges. Yeah. They have a huge impact on. Uh, on fe- in federal issues, which is like a crazy thing to think about. All these local races inevitably become because they're part of this uh, campaign, especially with yeah. the Koch brothers and and these right wing organizations who are using these local places as sort of like petri dishes for like overturning Roe v. Wade at some point of like mm-hmm. we're going to get here in this county in Texas, raise this issue, and then eventually make it into a national a national issue. Yeah, no, I think that's spot on and. You know, the Senate affects nice. my life, like I was saying. And obviously, Ted Cruz has done a lot of negative things that have affected all of America. So mm-hmm. I felt pretty comfortable with that. And no one ever questioned it. I mean, granted, mm. it's did not you, like... Did you prepare yourself a little bit? Like you had your little mirror speech ready of like, here's just... why I'm in Texas. I know kind of, I'm I like always... a Los Angelino. Yeah. No, I uh-huh. definitely like thought about it beforehand because I expected it. I expected it to come up way more than it did. I think yeah. I ever had to address it like three times and it was only with volunteers. And most supporters were like, very happy to have anyone working on this camp like mm. just because like yeah. people it's texas like there's an assumption that it's a red state and that's just it's not purple. true it's purple right. it's more non-voting than anything um yeah. so it's got really low voter we changed that a lot this once year. you get to west texas it's very red though right yeah. yeah so it's the cities are all we're all blue this year right. the, the biggest cities we flipped you know tarrant county which is where fort worth is um which had traditionally been red and that turned flip blue this year and obviously, Houston, Austin, San Antonio, and Dallas were all blue. They're all blue. Man, I would be so shitting. It was, the bed well, what's right weird? Now, what's weird about Texas is, uh, did you listen to Mal- you guys either listen to Malcolm Gladwell uh, revisionist history? No, sometimes. Not. So there's there's a strange thing. Texas is the only country that's allowed to create four states within their state. Did you know that it's in the Texas Charter hmm. that if they wanted to at any moment they could become four different states. They're the only, co- I, I, this was But is pretty, that a federally recognized yes. ability? Yes. It's huh. the only state that has that. And this came up when California was trying to become three or four different states, right? Yeah. Texas is the only state that at any moment, if the Texas government, I guess the, I, the Texas Senate, it doesn't even federally have to be recognized. They could just decide on their own to become four states. And everybody has been like, why don't they, Republicans have been like, why don't they do that? Like, we could just have a bunch more representation mm-hmm. on the right. But the actuality is, is any way they kind of You end up with rig it, two or three Democratic You would states. actually have way more Democratic yeah. senators because there's so many more areas and pockets that are Democrat than Republican. Yeah, they'd have to gerrymander some octopus-looking version of yeah. four states to like yeah. keep it the same way. It's pretty uh, blue, yeah. Speaking of being things being pretty blue... 
Um, this is a great time for a segment. You really cornered yourself there. <laughs> yeah, I faded myself completely in. Speaking of things I being blue, here's there. some uplifting news. Yeah, this is on this day. day. Um, so, all right. Beautiful. Honestly, it brings a tear to my eye. Um, so you have a chance to win half a point right now, Kia. Okay. Uh, if you can just tell me. Sadly, what, you're currently at zero. You're points. at zero, but let's check the board. Yeah. And you're at zero. Um, can you tell? Just tell me what day is today. What's mm, today? The date? Yes. December fifth. Boom! Mm. You get half a point, brother. That's what awesome. What day of the week now? Yeah. Wednesday. I mean, Wrong. it's always it's always you can always tell you're in LA because people get real jittery about figuring out what day of the week it is. Is it actually um, Wednesday? It is yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Congrats. Yes. Um. So basically, what how this year? segment works. Um, is good. that there's a little bit of, I, I look back in history okay. on, on this does. day, the day that we're recording, not the day that you're listening. And today is December 5th. Like you said, like you rightly Nailed guessed, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but something happened, something great happened. And, uh, if you guess what it is, <laughs> you no get another clues. half a point. You will get, I'll give you another couple of clues. It happened in America. Mm, okay. I love that. It happens. In what year is this? Something 1933. Ooh. Something great. On Dece- I mean, I think it was great. December. I mean, it was. It, it December fifth. It, it was 1933. silly. December fifth, 1933. Height of the Great Depression. Uh, I don't know if it was the height. Huh? I was. I was having another conversation <laughs> in my head. <laughs> um, but I will say that it was. Uh, it was a national thing. Okay. Mm. Oh, that's it? That's all the clues I'm getting? Okay. I mean, I can give you more, but we'll start there. It's pretty tough what you're mm-hmm. doing. <laughs> would you like, I would say, uh, it has to do, do you want another yeah. hit? It has to do with the Constitution. Ah, uh, I know what it is. Oh, uh, was Prohibition repealed? Yes! Yes, yes it was! Of Prohibition course it was. was repealed with the 21st Amendment. That's amazing. Uh, ratified to the Great Constitution. Job. 1933, December 5th. Congratulations, Kia. Right. You have a mean point. A full point? A full point. <laughs> I just yelled that into the microphone. He's a full point. Um, that was perfect. That right? was great. Yeah. No. Let me see. There's a couple other things here. Is this okay. less impressive if I do this one? It's like a snake. What do you say we get down to business here? Let's is, get down to the brass tacks. Is Beto going to be the president of the United States? Damn it! I had that question oh, later. I, oh, you did. <laughs> How did you think of it? I don't know. Um, I don't. I honestly don't have any information anyone else doesn't have. Uh, yes, was, you do. I was an just, organizer, yeah. so it's not. Was, just what, what's the feeling? What's the feeling uh, amongst pe- you know did, people did, like you? Um, did you did after the results came in? Yeah. Was there a feeling like a loss that it had some sort of impact on 2020, one way or the other? Mm, not really. I mean, I can't say like now, but certainly the night of and the days after, I think, mm-hmm. was just mostly spent processing it and sort of then just coming to terms with the loss, but also recognizing the work we did do yeah. and accomplish. You know, we came within two. Well, it's incredible. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's a win-loss type do, situation. Do, yeah. Uh, the, uh, I'm going to come up with a phrase for a win-loss situation, mm. a moral, moral victory. victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would you say that a, a are moral victories enough? No, uh, I would say no. But also I would say what our race affect, we flipped two te- house, like congressional house mm-hmm. races in Texas that have been red for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were really close races. Yes. And, and because of turnout, you could make the argument. Yeah. I'm not, they were both really, they were both strong candidates, Colin Allred and um, Lizzie Fletcher. But 
you could make the argument that we obviously had some impact on that. Yeah, um, well, people don't realize when there's an inspiring candidate at the top, the top of, the, it, of the ballot, it, it yeah. down it's ballot. Down, yeah, it's yeah. the down ballot effect. Gets a, gets yeah. a big bump. In Texas, where they have straight ticket voting. Yeah. Um, so That's you why Democrats like always do better in presidential elections, yep. because turnout is better for presidential. Um, yeah. So there's that. And then in Harris County, where I was based, Houston, um, they flipped. So now flipped a bunch of judge seat, judgeship seats. So... I don't know the exact number, but I think like every judge in that county is now Democrat. So, wow. um, which is huge, which is huge, has huge implications for criminal yeah. justice and all sorts of things. So we'd lost the Senate race, but, you know, we those seats flipped and then you engage, we engaged a lot of new voters. He got more votes than Hillary Clinton did in Texas. So that's a pretty positive sign for the future I mean, of voting in that state. But is that a high ceiling? No, but I mean, <laughs> to get more votes in a midterm year than the pr- yeah, presidential sure. candidate, that is a got, big, that is that's big, a big deal. Thing. I mean, if anything, it's an insult to her, right? Maybe. Look, I um, don't want uh, you know, you know, to. I'm afraid to In all honesty, but... and you could you could tell me whether or not I'm wrong about this. Yeah. I do feel like he set a high watermark for fundraising. Yeah. Um, it, being a candidate that took zero corporate money, and it does feel like. It's going to start to become a requirement for a Democratic candidate to just totally flat out say, I'm not taking any corporate money. Do you think that's going to be like the new message? And I open the floor to Lucas, as always. Do you think that's going to be the new uh, (laughs) just the new norm for Democratic candidates as things as this becomes more popular? You know, like how every Republican candidate has to be religious. It's just like that is like a requirement to run for office as a Republican, even as a president in either party. But like, do you think that'll be like there's just no way you're going to run as a Democrat and take corporate money? I think. I think on a national scale, for sure. Um, I think in like certain districts or certain states, like there are going to be Democrats who run and still take corporate money, and that's sure. fine. But I think if you want to win, like on a national scale, run for president, I don't see a path to it as a Democrat if you're still taking corporate donations. I just think the base is too far on the and other in side a real of that. way, not like you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know a lot of the people who've thought about or are being listed as people who are going to run for 2020 have already said they won't take corporate dollars yeah, I think um, because I think most of the base doesn't want that. I, th- and, I agree. And I show, Beto showed you can raise a lot of money. Yeah, without doing that's that. what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, before I worked on the campaign, I donated. I had friends yeah. who donated like people. Most of his donations came from within the state of Texas. Right. too. Did he so. spend all the money? I have no idea. Do you, do you think uh, <laughs> I don't know that works. a lot of it? Where does that go? They don't spend it. I think you get to keep it. You honestly. just get to keep it. I think it you do have to no. like a campaign. Okay. Uh, I don't know the proper term for it, but it goes into like a bucket. It goes yeah, a it's, bucket that like it's buried underneath a mountain <laughs> and guarded by wild dogs <laughs> until the next election. Yeah, it's the weird, um, dogs weird language yeah. for a uh, no. It goes for a lot. lot. <laughs> it's I think if he ran again, I could be wrong. I'm not. He can, activate, he can reactivate, he could reactivate it for another campaign, but it, he can't use it's like it the for Avengers. other things. Yeah, I like that. back into duty. He's running for president. Um, Just say it. I, I, I'd be curious. I'm going to count to ten. If you if you don't say he's not running for president, I'm going to assume he is. You're really going to count to ten. One. I'll just ask while he's counting silently a Two. different question. Okay. Um, do you think that this opens Texas up to other Democratic candidates yeah. to be like this is now this is a battleground state? Yes, and I think ten. That tr- <laughs> I don't know if he is. I hope he does. You, I mean, uh-huh. you, you, your your silence spoke louder than words. But yeah, so you think Texas is now? I do, and I think there were efforts to do that in 2014 when Wendy Davis ran mm-hmm. for governor. She was the woman who filibustered yeah on, about Planned Parenthood about Planned Parenthood HB two. Uh, yeah, and people got really excited about her, and then she lost by a lot, like 20 mm-hmm. points. I want to say it was pretty brutal. Yeah, so people then got you know 
lost their motivation. But there are a lot of groups doing really good work in Texas. The Texas Organizing Project is one of them that sort of organizes year-round and not just around elections. Uh, And so there's a lot of those sorts of groups that are doing good work. And then obviously the campaign, like, we energized a lot of voters. Um, There's a huge groundswell. Like, the progressive movement there, honestly, I was, like, blown away by the energy and the commitment of people there to turn Texas blue. Um, A lot of my, most of my coworkers were, you know, Texas born and bred or had lived there for most of their lives. And there, a lot of them are, like, working now in Texas politics Mm. and continuing to do that sort of work to flip it blue. And I think that will happen in the next like decade or so. And there's a different sort of pride and, and fierceness when you're surrounded by red. Oh yeah. Where you're like, we are the exception. Mm-hmm. We're holding off. We're the, we're the, 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 the front line. We're, we're, I, I was trying to think of a star Wars reference. The we're, rebel, the rebel, we're the force. rebel alliance within yeah. this, this deep, uh, universe. I, I haven't eaten today. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is, this is terrible. It's podcasting. Okay. Um, um yes. Uh, yeah, I'm sort of like, uh, yeah. you know, when you look at if Beto, say, doesn't run for 2020, but were to go run again in, in mm-hmm. Texas, would you go back? Uh, it depends where I'm at in my life, to be honest. Because okay. if he, I mean, the, the Senate seat opened in 2020. People have thought that he might run for that seat, John mm-hmm. Cornyn's seat. Obviously, there's rumors he'll run for president. Um, if he ran after that, maybe. Depends where, again, where I'm at. So, yeah. Um, but certainly he's someone I would volunteer for at the very is, least. Is, is politics in general something you, you yeah. would stay interested in? I think so. Um, I'm trying to figure that out right now. I used to work in media, so I'm trying mm-hmm. to sort of probably more interested in politics at this point and finding a way to like combine the two. Have you stayed in contact with any of the people who worked on the campaign? Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing one of them for breakfast tomorrow. A lot of them, a couple of, we, we went to New Orleans together after the campaign and then... Okay. Uh, a couple of them visited LA last week. So, and then, um, yeah, staying in touch what with them. What was the general, yeah. like, like, <laughs> okay. no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Is it easy to just kind of do this to, to pick up your life and, and move? So, you know, if for a lot of people, yeah, that, they're going to be that. inspired in the next election yeah. by someone, you know, there's going to be a lot of inspiring candidates. And is it, is it viable for most people to kind of just do what you did and, and if they're inspired by candidate move and was it yeah you were gone for a long time yeah was it unexpectedly to rewarding to just kind of change your life in that way yeah so what i would say is it is it is possible that said i also can't ignore the fact that it there's a little bit of privilege associated with moving halfway across the country for a three-month job right um i did not have so to, to cover myself. a lot of costs yeah so i had to i subletted my apartment in los angeles i had to i got a new car um which i then totaled um, on Ooh, the campaign, nice. but, uh, three days before election day on no. purpose. No, no, By accident. uh, an unfortunate accident. Yeah, was it insurance fraud? <laughs> it's okay. If you say it here. was not, insurance <laughs> that's fraud. another podcast. We're working uh, on. No, it's so it's I, okay yeah. if you say it this here. is a true crime podcast now. So just please. And so it, the campaign provided supporter yeah. housing, which is common in campaigns, which is essentially a Beto supporter who is willing to put up staff oh. in their home. It's almost oh. like a foreign exchange student. Exactly. So I literally called them my host parents. Uh, they were this lovely older couple in their 50s who could not have been nicer or more hospitable to me. Um, so I did have my housing taken care of, which was huge. Um, you know, that's an yeah. expense I didn't have to worry about. Um, in terms of is it easy to do it? What I would say is it's it's definitely really easy to get involved, whether it's, um, you know, as a volunteer. A lot of people started who were on staff started as volunteers and then got brought on as organizers. I think that's the most successful way for people to immediately get involved. Um, certainly you can apply to be an organizer. Um, and we did have, I wasn't the only one from out of state. There weren't a ton of us, but there were some of us. Um, and so you can definitely apply and get involved. It's not as scary as it sounds. Honestly, knocking on doors is a lot of people get anxiety the first time they do it. I did too. 
But most the, too, yeah. the truth of it is most people aren't going to be like the experience he had in New Orleans. Mm. Most people are, I had a ton of Cruz supporters who were just like, no, I'm voting for Cruz or I'm voting Republican. Thank you. Like, yeah, most people are really pleasant because no, they just want to get, no one wants to get into it. An and then if you turn someone, it is so cool. It's a great feeling. Yeah. Um, it but meaning happen. like yeah, there were a lot of people I, I found that were, that just had no idea that there was an election. Yeah. Like they were just like, I don't even know who's running, what's going on. I mean, this was for a house race. So I guess it's a little different, but when they go, oh, really? I really, I would love to vote in that. That's a great idea. Or you sign someone up. It's like, you just saved the world. Yeah. No, it's, it's honestly surprising slash a little, uh, upsetting that a lot of people don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's combination of just the culture around voting in this country needs some work. And yeah, if you could break down maybe like three, like if you were offering advice to someone who's never worked on a campaign before and was thinking about it. What three essential bits of information do you think you would offer them? The first thing I would say is that if you're thinking about it, just apply and try to do it. Volu- like volunteer and then see if you can get a job on a campaign. It's For me, the reason I did it was I'd been kind of just falling down the political rabbit hole since 2016 mm-hmm. and was just getting angry and not really doing enough to like feel like I was making a difference. And so I just wanted to. And at, at a certain point, I just decided to bite the bullet and do it. And I cannot recommend that enough if you have the ability to. Um, you don't have to move across the country. Like, go find a race near you, whether it's a House race or a Senate race or a governor's race, city council race. You can go volunteer. A lot of times, if you volunteer, it'll turn into a job. Or people are hiring. There's not, mm-hmm. like, an enormous groundswell of people trying to work on political campaigns. And that's because of the second thing I want to talk about is the hours are long and the pay is not amazing. So yeah. it's you have to be really intrinsically motivated to do the work well. Um, if you're there, ju- just there for a job, you're not really going to mm-hmm. survive. Cause yeah. it's, we were working, you know, 70 hour weeks, 80 hour weeks, 90 hour weeks at the end. So you have to really care. Um, so I would say the first thing is, yeah, if you just do it. And then the second one is, you know, be prepared to work long for little money. Um, what kept you going on those 90 hour weeks? Like when you were at your breaking point, just, just like gallons of, I assume you were at your breaking point, but like, was there, was there something about Beto or about this election where at the end of the day, when your defenses were down, you're like, this is worthwhile. Yeah. I would say it was two things for me. The first one being, I remember how I felt on election night in 2016, where I kind of just like broke down and on a curbside, like, just like being upset. And then remembered how I felt after feeling guilty that I hadn't done more to like volunteer or get involved. Um, cause I just, I hadn't done anything in 2016. So that kept me going every time I was like exhausted or didn't want to do it. That, that's sort of what I thought about. And then the second thing was my coworkers. Um, we had a really great team and sort of doing the really hard work is a lot easier when you're doing it with people who believe in it too. And people who you really like and respect. Um, so it was that combination of factors that kept me yeah. going. Yeah. It's very rare. You could be on a team where everyone's working for the same goal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of, of a same team goals. and same goals, I think this is a great time for lightning round. <laughs> lightning <laughs> round. Sound effect. This okay, is a great so this is here. You, this is going to heavily involve you. you. Okay, I just want you. You know, I want you to be prepared. I just want you listen to, to Barry. take a sip of you. some uh, some Perrier. Old Barry's warm. Our sponsor, hands. our sponsored soda water, Perrier. Um, we have something called a lightning round, and I'm okay. sure you're familiar with yeah, it. Yeah, we do. But uh, we, we, get, we get brand new listeners every episode, so we are, uh, not to brag, but um, <laughs> we, we want to explain the rules for them. And yep. we're going to ask you five questions. Mm-hmm. You have to wait till all five are asked. This is all true. Then you have to answer all five, oh and you get one point. Mm-hmm. You could do it in any order. They don't okay. have to be in order. 
You have 30, a lo- very loose 30 loose seconds. Loose 30 seconds. Uh, some would say a tight 45. <laughs> um, a liar. You have, yes, yeah, you have time. You can ask for help. Okay. But if you do ask for help, you will not get a point. Okay. Okay, does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And there's two rounds. And there's I'll do two rounds. So here we go. Are you ready? Okay. And we all we ask is that you're honest. You, I mean, we're okay. not going to ask. We'll know. We're we'll know the difference if you're not. Yeah, okay. and you will be penalized. <clears throat> here we go. Lightning round. <laughs> round one. Barry's round. Fight. The second good round. Not as good as mine. Continue. Yes. <laughs> Question one. How dirty do you think dirty politics should get if you feel like your candidate could actually save the country? Two. If Beto O'Rourke became president, would he be the first president of the last letter of his first name, be the first letter of his last name? This is not a trick question. I'm actually wondering. Three, will you work for the writer of the imitation game? Would you be willing to play an imitation game with me right now? If yes, imitate me or Lucas, and I'll guess which one you're imitating. Four, if you had to play one game, board or video, for the rest of your life for six hours each day, which would you choose and why? Five, what's art? Uh, oh boy. Uh, no idea on the name thing. His okay. name. Uh, the, the answer is no. I'd play FIFA. I mean, yes. Um, the board game. FIFA. FIFA for the video game. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, You'd hate it though. I, w- I would go crazy. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I've already blanked on the first question. Um, Don't let Barry's heckling dis- the imitation you thing. From... Sure. Uh, oh, nice shirt. <laughs> I'm gonna pass on that because I'm terrible at mimicking people. Um, Ooh, passing. passing. We haven't had a pass yet. I mean, it'll. The yeah. que- you can answer the question. Would you be willing to? Was the question. I guess the answer. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Wow. What was the first one? All right. Oh, you really oh, want help? You ask You're so help, close. you get no points. You have two more questions left. Two more questions. You can't help them. I'm not. I'm just over here doing my own thing. Back <laughs> Whose off. team are you on? You're on ours or his? I'm always on ours, Barry. I have a really bad memory, so I'm going to ask for help because I don't remember the first question. It's okay. Dirty. I'll give you uh, no, I you're getting hard about me? it. That's yeah, you're terrible, terrible uh, snitch. <laughs> uh, no, I think if you sort of make that compromise just to win, it'll show that you'll make whatever compromise you need to. How dirty can dirty politics get is the question. Not at all, I guess. I mean. No dirt. I don't know how you'd answer. It's how, you, how you would answer Yeah, it. no, I would say no dirt. I think that if you go down that rabbit hole again, it's really easy to just stay down there and keep mm-hmm. digging further. Um, right. Once you get into that moral relati- yeah, relativity. But you got to get your hands a little dirty, right? I don't. This is why Barry will never be president. I don't believe <laughs> so. I, or is I mean, a lot of people likely. would believe that. Um, I Realistically, probably, but I would look, choose to work for people okay. and vote for people who I don't like do that. that so. That's a good answer. Yeah. Okay. okay, fifth question. So One more so you know, left. You're coming up. You're almost at 30 seconds. I'm okay. <laughs> you need it? help? You have half a point still. Now, no, now is, you have yeah. no points. <laughs> Lucas just helped. Uh, I would say art is anything that evokes emotion in people in some way. Anything. Well, no, not. Um, yeah. We can be really broad with the definition of art. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I disagree, but I like your answer. So I'm mm-hmm. giving you zero points because you got help. <laughs> But that was great. I thought you had a, a great style in your answering of the questions. <laughs> and that I, I think, forgot all the questions. You forgot two. So. I think, look, this is not a, most people. This is this not is, a this game. Is a, this, uh, is... <laughs> this, is, this is an opportunity for most people to flail uh, terribly. Yeah. Um, so you've done better than average, I'd say. I'll, I'll take it. And uh, you know, can I say, honestly, can I answer what is art, in my opinion? Um, yes. Paintings. <laughs> okay. I'll accept it. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
<laughs> Lightning round. Rod, are you ready? Sure. Round two. This is, I was asking Kia, but Barry, are you also ready? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, now I'm ready. We're going to move on anyway. I'm ready. Lightning I'm really round. Really high. Round, <laughs> round two. All right. Some of these questions may have been asked already in a looser, more open setting earlier in the podcast, but you have to still answer them now. You have to. Okay. All right. Round and one. And go. Two. Two. And question one. Question one. Why do people vote for Ted Cruz? Mm -hmm. Two, mess with Texas? Yes or no? Why? <laughs> Three, is Beto a good Beto for 2020? Ooh. Four, what do you put on your waffles? Five, would you rather reboot America, the country, or do a sequel to it? Explain. Mm. Wow. Um, I think people vote for Ted Cruz because he's a Republican and they, people tend to stick to the party lines that they have. Um, Ooh. I put syrup on my waffles like most people, I think. Sometimes strawberries, powdered sugar. Uh, for okay. getting really crazy. Um, crazy. Uh, in terms of Beto running for president, I hope so. I don't know. I hope that so. That wasn't the question. Um, I think he could win. The question was, is he a good Beto? <laughs> He's a good Beto. I hope so. Um, uh, what was the fifth one? Oh, reboot or sequel? Uh, oh, boy. Sequel, I'm going to say. Okay, uh, explain. Uh, I just I feel like reboots stick to the original trajectory too often. Yes. And it's a lot of bad shit for the longest time. You're it still, right. still is, but hopefully in a sequel you could sort of write What changes wrongs. would you make off time? Just throw some at me. Uh, I'd probably get rid of the whole slavery thing. Boom. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Innovative? Yeah, real, real <laughs> radical idea. Crowd there. pleaser. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> It's uh, like a Disney sequel. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, expand voting rights from the beginning. A whole lot, a lot of just progressive things. Would you that... keep JFK getting assassinated? I'm going to say no. NBC brings uh, you this follow-up I question. feel like a lot of the things I would do would have meant he wouldn't have been elected, though. Okay. Oh, uh, Yeah, because we'd never vote for a Roman Catholic <laughs> exactly. in a better life, <laughs> in a better world. Yeah. No, because um, he like, would be a dictator. Power broke. I mean, yeah, that was in an era where... It wasn't super democratic. At mm -hmm. the Absolutely. Um, There's one more question you haven't answered. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I completely forgot it. Ooh, okay. You're this so your last close, chance though. to get another point. You could have another point. It's to do with a state. Oh, do you mess with Texas? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'd say because I think people have this, I would mess with Texas. Yeah. Um, people have this misconception of Texas as just like people in like cowboy boots and like guns and everything. And that's not true. Um, I mean, that part, sure, it exists, but... Honestly, it was like the fierce pride of like even Democrats and Democrats and Republicans in Texas is pretty impressive. And the hospitality of everyone was real. Um, you know, there was an instance where I was talking to a Republican woman at her doorstep, pleasant, and then like a striped pit bull started wandering by and came up, like trotted towards the door. And she like immediately just opened it. She's like, come inside, come inside so that you don't get attacked by a pit bull. A stray um, pit bull? A stray pit bull. So what the fuck is Texas? <laughs> there's a lot of stray dogs, unfortunately. Oh. Um, but she was lovely. And like, I feel like not everyone would let a complete stranger into their house. Yeah. Who they've well, just you have met. a friendly face. I mean, a part of me, I, I, I know this is cynical of me and paranoid, but a part of me would be like, oh, someone she knew let go of the pit bull. And this is how they got you. You know what I mean? Like, come in the house quick, quick. And that's the last we ever see a Kia. Right. And then they're you like, get I mean? in this oven. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, just get in the oven, please. Uh, That's how I got fooled. But no, she let me uh -huh. in. She gave me mace. She let me out the back door. So She gave wow. you mace? She gave me mace. She was like, in case the dog comes back after you, spray it with mace. Sounds like wow. she's just really scared of dogs. Um, yeah. She had two dogs, too. 
And so, but yeah. Spray the dog uh, with mace. That sounds like a terrible idea. It was extreme. But um, no, she was super nice. And that's honestly the experience I had was everyone was really hospitable, welcoming, lovely, you know, cared about their state a lot. So. Okay. Great. Well, I love that. So right. you get no points. Uh, well, it's my decision. I Barry. mean, sure. This is my round yeah. and I get to decide. He's a real. Uh, but Barry's right. You get zero points. Hey! <laughs> Next time. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah, but I thought you, I thought you did an admirable job. Of answering the questions you remembered. <laughs> and if I could jump mm-hmm. back in, I speaking of messing with Absolutely, Texas, Barry, go for uh, it. I I do think, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I do think that there was a point where Beto could have gotten more centrist to win, to to have a better chance of winning this election. And it felt like he never did. He never was compromising his mm-hmm. his progressive values. Do you did you feel that being on the ground and in that? Yeah, what I would say is he was stayed true to what he believed and what his message was. And I think that's admirable. It depends on your, I guess, approach to politics. If you think there is that camp that thinks like tacking to the center is the way to win. And then there's a camp that thinks stating what you believe, you know, if it's even if it's pro- like pretty progressive in a red state is the way to win. Um, and there are two different approaches. What I would argue is that his approach is the one that works better in this climate. Mm-hmm. We lost by two and a half points. A lot of the candidates who tacked to the center in other states like. Phil Bredesen in Tennessee got wiped out like by mm-hmm. twelve. Because um, then you motivate seem, the base. You don't motivate yeah. the base. Like if you yeah. if you're wishy washy, like he put out that statement supporting Brett Kavanaugh, like which is going to piss off a lot of the Democratic base. Like yeah. I don't and, think and that flies. And women were a huge part of the midterm exactly. success for Democrats. And I think it just reeks as inauthentic if you try to water down who you are. It's 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 fine if you're a moderate. Just be consistently a moderate. Be consistent yeah. to what you yeah. Are. It's consistency exactly. And I think that's what that's what translates with Beto and with a lot of like successful candidates. I totally was agree. There, was there any a, any part of the campaign sort of following up on that that was like, this is who Beto is and this is sort of the identity of this campaign? Was there an effort for the field organizers or for campaign volunteers or, or whoever like to end? represent the like the ideology of the campaign accurately? Or like, you know what I mean? Because they are like, there's mm. talking points for every campaign, right? These are the things that, this is yeah. why Katie Hill's great. This is why Beto's great. This is why blah, blah, blah is great. Um, was it, what, what, was, what was that for Beto? I mean, honestly, <clears throat> they just encouraged us to like, if we were talking to voters, be honest about why we were supporting Beto. Like there was no one line that you were expected to say or anything. It was very much like, talk about why you're here. For some people, that was healthcare. For some people, it's, you know, some because of the work he did for veterans. Like we had veterans on yeah. our staff who had, you know, been more moderate but came and worked for Beto because he's done a lot of good work for veterans um no the campaign was pretty you know obviously like we were an organization like there were rules to adhere to and standards and everything but they were very respectful and very it was a really well-run campaign like, was there an think, issue that you think is gonna is the biggest issue that people are thinking about by and large like voters yeah healthcare healthcare yeah that's what I'm hearing is yeah. the next one's gonna be all about healthcare uh, yeah totally healthcare um I mean, the one that like the biggest obstacle to getting votes for him from like the right was abortion. But mm. in terms of the majority of voters who were voting, it was about health care. Health care. Is that, is that what we think the 2020 election is going to boil down to? Is, is health care again? I think at the end of the day, it will be. I What's think crazy is because. Sorry. Feel, oh, no, sorry. The economy I, broadly, if it's. Tanking. There's been a lot of seesawing recently in the oh, stocks. Oh, we're coming so. to a we're coming to a bad precipice. That's my feel. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like that used to be the 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 case with the economy. But I think now, no matter what the economy is doing, the the left is going to be like it's not good, and the right is going to be like it's great. As long so as it's it, like, well, it's whoever's in charge. Yeah. Yeah. If a Republican president is sitting at, at sixteen hundred, yeah. 
then they're going to say the 1600? economy. Yeah, 600 West mm. Pennsylvania. Oh, right, right. Where the White House is. Are you allowed uh, to dox him like that? What's that? <laughs> yeah, bros, if you're looking to find dox. out where the president of the United right States now. is. Oh, all right, get it. Get your pencils You don't have a ready. thing for doxing, right? Doxing? I like um, docs. <laughs> I think they're nice places to sit. They go visit. Sometimes they're like the food's not great on a boardwalk usually, but like at a dock you can you can fish. Yeah, you know if you're into that, sure. Just walk, oh, check it. out the sun. Love it. You get that whole Otis Redding vibe. Yeah. What was your question? My question. <laughs> now I'm having a trouble remembering. Sixteen hundred. No matter who's sitting at sixteen hundred. Uh, yeah. Well, it's just no. It wasn't a question. It was an observation. Oh. Just no matter who's sitting there, the the Republicans will claim that everything is going great. Right. I think Democrats, uh, for better or for worse, are are a little bit more honest and self critical these days. Oh, yeah. Um, which doesn't always help us. Uh, sometimes it does. I think overall it's a better it's a better place to be because you at least feel connected to something that feels truthful. Um, uh, no, I didn't really have a question. I was just obser- observing on, on that. Well, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask this: uh, Are you planning anything further in the interim before the next election yourself with volunteering or yeah, I think getting I'm involved. I just got back to LA about a week ago. So welcome I'm, back. Whoa, Thank you. The weather's great, huh? Uh, it's Shit. Try it um, you should try in and out. Seriously. It's great. Um, no, I think I, I do want to stay involved. I'm trying to navigate both that and job hunting. So figuring out what's... I definitely want to stay involved. It's kind of like a an itch that once you scratch, it's kind of hard not to keep doing it. Yeah. Because um, it is, you know, it feels good and it's satisfying and you're actually doing something on the ground that helps people. So. Oh, yeah. now I remembered. Uh, it was about healthcare in 2020, mm-hmm. which is just that it's interesting that the conversation around healthcare has changed so dramatically from where it was while Obama was in office, which was the idea of like Obama ran in, two, in 2008 on single payer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was considered like just crazy, crazy. Like Democrats are trying mm. to talk him down from the, yeah. cl- the uh, this is a little William Goldman riff here, RIP, <laughs> the cliffs of insanity about single payer healthcare. Uh, it's a princess bride thing. Um, but now I feel like <laughs> the conversation has completely shifted to where yeah. now there is a strong demand that nothing less than single payer seems to be what's on the table from the left. And is that sort of the conversation now, do you think? I think so. Um, I'm certainly no expert, but yeah, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of the base wants, you know, whether it's medical, Medicare for all or some other system that gets everyone healthcare, that's something people want. And I think that's something a lot on of both the, sides. Yeah. Even Republicans want yeah. it. Um, that's something that's honestly not sort of a party issue anymore. It's a lot of the issues are now cultural more than fiscal or there's not really a fiscal conservatism that has any sway anymore um, mm-hmm. in most places. So, yeah, um, yeah I think it's going to be about health care in terms of the biggest like kitchen sink issue. OK, well, All speaking right, well, of kitchen sinks, I believe Barry has a little I have a final segment, final segment here. Are you interested in doing one more segment? Sure. I mean, I mean, you can, you can free say, to say no. no yeah, just, you can no, say no. You, okay. you just want to leave at any time. Yeah, just get up and walk it's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, OK, so here's our final segment. This is really going to say a lot about you because okay. this is called a would you rather. Oh um, and uh, the, oh, no, the rules are pretty simple. There's two situations and you have to decide which one you'd rather do. There is a right answer, according to me. I, I mean, there's, you're okay, a, right? you get one point okay. if you answer correctly. There's also a right answer according to me, but I have less say over the points. True. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm generally the more right you one. You can ask as many questions as you want, and all I ask is that you're honest and you, you really think this one out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Would you rather have to drive a full-size school bus as your only vehicle for the rest of your life 
<laughs> or have to wear a giant cartoony sized hat with a brim that's over four feet in circumference during daylight hours for the rest of your life. Oh, and there's, this is too easy. Honestly, Barry, this is not your best one. Definitely okay. the school you. bus. Yeah. Uh, really? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. People could all, you could also force people to stop behind you just for like just mm. for sure. Uh, you sound reticent. You sound like you thought out. Uh, do you not think the school bus is the right answer? Well, ask me some questions about the school bus. What's situation. why wouldn't the school bus? I mean, obviously it would be frustrating. And okay. Difficult well, to here's park. one rule that you guys jump to conclusions. LA. You you're not allowed to have anyone but you in the school bus. That's fine. That's you got to clarify <laughs> that ahead of time. That's not. I mean. That's a plus. For also, me. gas. Well, but I would say, like, it is like really bad for the earth to be driving a giant yeah. school bus by Think yourself. Think about that. Uh, but it would still be better overall for me to be driving a school bus. And I rarely drive people in my car. I mean, I drive yeah. my wife, obviously, fairly sure. frequently. I dropped her off on the way here. Right. <laughs> um, this is the bus. Is that the only thing with the bus? Is that you can't have passengers? Yeah, you can't have passengers. You got to pay for your own gas. I mean, I it is super that. expensive. But yeah, but you. You'd probably be okay. And those seats, you know, the, the fabric on the seats is all ripped up. Like, they usually are But no aren't. one would be no sitting tape there. either. But no one would be sitting there. No one would be sitting there. And this, there, the driver's seat is better. Yeah. The driver's seat's like a nice seat. Right. There's also a loud screeching noise <laughs> that is going to be blaring you dig it. as you're now. You're you're dig it. You know, you dig didn't it. ask. You didn't ask any questions. Right. But we all agree the hat would absolutely be big. a nightmare. A four-foot mm. brim. Now, wait, wait, hold on. Is it four-foot... Diameter circumference circumference sure. So what does that mean? You don't how know what do circumference means? That's no, I know what circumference across. is But how sure. do you determine what's the radius for a four-foot circumference? Did you do it? I don't know what do you, you do you half. do the fucking you do the math I'm Wait, going circumference to is like radius times pi, right? Yes, something like that. Mm-hmm so it's C equals pi r cherry pie is delicious four. No, here's how you do it cherry pie is delicious radius loves apple pie Something like that. I think that's Cherry it. pie's delicious. Someone just shouted from the booth. Was that at us? I just tried to write circle, and I wrote circle. <laughs> uh, Cherry pie's delicious. Apple pies are too. Apple pies are too. There you go. That's what it is. Uh, but what does that have to do with the radius? R pie squared. I don't know. I'm just hungry. <laughs> You're really not okay. eating this I've, I've got the uh, I've got the radius, and actually, I take it back. I would take the sombrero. Yeah, why? Absolutely. Yeah, why? A four-foot circumference changes anything. <laughs> why? Because the radius for a four-sombrero is uh, 0.64 feet, so it's just over half a foot, which is actually just sort of a large fedora, mm -hmm. which I think is so easy to deal with yeah. outside of a school so bus that see, I can't drive see, But too late, because now you're saddled with a school bus that you can never park <laughs> no, anywhere no, no, that no. screeches really I, loudly every time you're in it. <laughs> What would be, what's the catch with the hat? Well, here's, do you want to know the right answer? I mean, I already, if the hat is a four-foot circumference, the hat's the here's right the answer. Here's the catch with the hat. You're, you're never allowed to explain why you're wearing it. You just Don't have care. to wear the Not hat. Not a problem. But I hate people are talking ask to you, strangers. Is there a logo on it? People are talking to strangers. Can I Is there a logo on it? Them? It's a swastika. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay. I had other questions before the swastika. Well, the hat is the right answer, so uh -huh. um, uh, you guys are this, both wrong. Uh, of course, the swastika sombrero is the right answer. Are you allowed to tell people that you're not allowed to tell them while you're wearing it? <laughs> swastika sombrero is <laughs> the name of my improv <laughs> Okay, so we'd like to finish with two yeah, real let's get back on track easy here. final questions here. Sure. Um, I'll start with the first one, yeah? And you sure. want to do the last one? Yes. All right, so this is the final question before the final, final question, which is... 
Thank you. If, uh, if, if you have an organization or a cause that you particularly feel strongly about, um, that you think would be, uh, yeah, donate our listeners could donate, donate their time, time resources. Money. Yeah, so, uh, um, you yeah, can say be Beto, but I think to... that would be strange no. at this point. So there's also a... that dude's got money. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a group called Girl Forward. Mm. Um, it's based in Houston, or sorry, Austin and Chicago that works with refugee girls to really resettle them and sort of oh, provide wow. mentorship, education. Um, so they're a really good group doing really. Say the name again. Girl Forward. Girl Forward. Yeah, so the website is girlforward.org. Great. Um, it almost sounds like a command. Girl <laughs> Forward. Um, <laughs> Did you say to a horse? What do you mean? Uh-huh. I don't know. Like, uh, okay. Onward. Yes. Right? So yeah, they do great work, and Texas actually has a huge refugee population, which is great. Um, so in They Aust- do? They do. They're the second most after California. So Really? Yeah. That's, a, that's um, incredible. And so, yeah, they do really important work. So if anyone wants to donate their... Girlforward.org. Exactly. Austin or Chicago, you can donate your time. If you're anywhere else, you can donate your money. So. Right. Okay, great. And Beto for president, 2020. Beto. Beto. Mm-hmm. To be to or not to be... Anyway. It is crazy that he has two O's in a row. Beto Between O-O-O-O. his first name. Beto O. Technically, it's three. I mean, not... In, but there's an R. But it's almost what? three. O-O-R-O with a roar. Yeah, a lot of O's. It's a lot of those. And our final question, we ask all our guests, not our listeners. I was going to say listeners. I'm so But hungry. if you're a listener at home and you hear this question food. and you want to answer it for yourself. I've been intermittent fasting. Or comment it's the answer idea. at our Instagram, very Saving the World Pod. It is very less. Ed. I am I'm becoming the, one of the worst people on earth. <laughs> um, we ask all our, our guests give us a, to give us a reason to be hopeful, in yeah. your opinion. I would say the reason to be hopeful is... During my time on the campaign, I saw so many volunteers get involved who had never done anything before in politics. Um, I had never worked on a campaign before, or even volunteered. Um, so I think there's a lot of bad things happening um, in this country. But I think one of the upsides of having a lot of the sort of quiet evils brought out into the public is that it's engaging a lot of people and motivating a lot of people to get involved yeah, that hadn't been before. Um, and that was my big takeaway from the campaign is that people are really motivated. I had someone today call me who was a volunteer and asked me a bunch of questions on, you know, how to best stay involved and move forward. And he's been working with people in his community in the last month to sort of keep that ball rolling forward, even though the campaign is over. Wow. So it's things like that. that yeah. So people like that I who are totally doing agree. So that's why I would be hopeful. And I am hopeful. And the so. silent evils. I think that's the word you used, right? The yeah, it's not used. the most articulate. That's my improper. It, but yeah. <laughs> no, I do believe, though, and this is controversial. I do believe we are going to be in a better place than we would have if Hillary won. I, I actually so. agree. In the long I, run, I agree. I, I think so. there's a lot of a lot of things you can you can point to that say that will be a good thing. The only thing I will say that po- that says that eventually won't be the case we will be is the judiciary. But uh, you know, I'm saying pluses eventually. and minuses. Yeah. Anyway, I agree with you. That is hopeful, and I feel hopeful because of it. Thanks so much for coming in and joining yeah, us. Thank you this guys. was a really great conversation. So NBC. I knew it was zero uh huh. <laughs> you did. No, you got right. one point. No, one you point. have one on, the, on this day. Yeah, my yes. segments are much friendlier. Yeah, one point, <laughs> which is actually probably in the, the really like the top five in our point totals. Yeah. So you did great. Thank you so much for Thank joining you guys. us. Yeah.